Hello and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is episode 123. John and Wendy present Where Are They Now? Part 3. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. How are you doing, John? I'm well. I love the Good. rhyme in that. I didn't plan it, but it worked out that way. <laughs> Wendy, it's incredibly hard to believe it is July now. Holy and moly, yeah. It, holy moly is right, but we are extremely excited to announce that we have a sponsor, a title sponsor for the month of Yay! July. Uh, our great friends at the Talent Magnet yeah. Institute and Mike Sipple Jr. are going to be sponsoring the podcast for the month of July. So excited to be working with them again. Uh, you know, I'm I, I'm hopeful that I'll be able to go to Ohio for the conference and finally meet him in person. Fingers crossed that travel is is okay by then. But yeah, with you know, looking forward to meeting Mike in person at some point and saying thank you to him for all of his support, not just by sponsoring the show, but he has he really has been a true supporter uh, outside of of sponsorship for what the, what we do here. So thank you, Mike. Uh, we so appreciate um, all of that that you've done for us. The Talent Magnet Institute's got several new offerings and things that are coming up late in, late in the month and into early August that, that Mike wants to share with our audience. And so we're going to be talking more about that over the next many weeks. And then we're going to be doing an episode with Mike to talk directly about Talent Magnet and all the great things they have going on. But again, welcome aboard yeah. uh, Talent Magnet Institute and more to come there. Wendy, these Where Are They Now shows really, <laughs> we did the first one. I think I think it was because we were trying to figure out what to do next. Uh, I was like, do we, we need, we, we, yeah, we need, need some filler. <laughs> but they, the, they really resonated because I think people just want to know what are people up to? And you know, let's face it, we're 120 odd episodes in. So we've talked to a lot of amazing, talented people throughout the community doing a lot of cool things in new places or doing new things altogether. Yeah. And, you know, two years is a long time. So a lot can happen as we find out from our guests tonight. <laughs> Absolutely. So we're going to have, two, we have two guests for this particular yeah. Where Are They Now? First, we're going to hear from Paul alone out of the Chicagoland area and hear what he's up to now. Yeah. And then Kelly Marinelli, who, we gush a lot about how glad we're oh. to have, we we're excited to have her back yeah. in the community. And she's going to talk about where she's been and some of the things going on mm-hmm. for her personally. We're going to hear from Paul. We'll yeah. hear from Kelly. And then we will be, uh, we'll be back at the end to talk a little bit more. <laughs> Enjoy. So we are so excited to welcome Paul Lalonde back to the show. Paul, how are you? I'm doing well, John and Wendy. Uh, Thanks again for having me back. This is great. And we do kick off the show just like we do all the other ones. What's in your glass tonight? (laughs) You know, uh, I've been packing on that COVID-19, so I've cut back a little (laughs) bit. And uh, just a good old glass of ice water. I completely understand. I'm right there with you. (laughs) Probably unseasonably warm in Chicago right now, too, isn't it? I mean... And uh, just <laughs> brutal humidity right yeah, now. So right. that's one of the reasons I moved this way. But it's it's bad here too. <laughs> I was going to say it's not. Yeah, not humid yeah, it's, it's definitely not. Where, yeah, Richmond can't be that much better. <laughs> more more concrete though in Chicago. Virginia, all, all those big buildings. Paul, it's hard to believe, but you first appeared on the show. It was episode sixty-one, which was April of twenty nineteen. April twenty nineteen sounds like a decade ago with everything else that's been going on in the world. But what are you up to now? <laughs> it's funny you say that. Uh, you know, uh, at the time, I think my wife and I decided that life was just going way too easy for us. So 
over the past couple of months, uh, we both got new jobs. We moved and we're preparing to bring another baby into the world. So, <laughs> oh my gosh. All at once. Uh, we do what most people do once a year to uh, all, all at the same time. So I accepted a new position as HR director of uh, CETA in Cook County. It's a social service nonprofit in the heart of downtown of Chicago. And we do a lot of programs for uh, low-income individuals throughout Cook County. That transition was probably one of the toughest ones I've ever had. My only other professional job I ever had was at the agency I was at. So when I moved, it was scary, difficult, exhausting, but it's proven to be probably one of the best moves I've ever could have made. Uh, I already adore CETA, its leadership, its mission, and, and they've been so transformative uh, for me. That's kind of what I've been up to. Is CETA, that's comparable in terms of organ- what the organization does. Is the work comparable to what you were doing prior, the mission and such? Similar, but uh, where I was before did a lot of like public transit and nutrition for seniors. Okay. What we do now is uh, a lot of home energy assistance programs, so helping low-income okay. individuals pay their bills, keep the lights on, uh, weatherize their home. We do WIC programs, if you're familiar with uh, women, infant, and children, so uh, a lot of nutrition programs. So, I mean, it's it's just massive, all the, the lives that we're able to touch. That's awesome. Um, and kind of keeping with you know, kind of in that similar theme of helping. So I, I like that not only are you helping people in HR, but the greater mission of your organizations is is along that line as well. So you did mention the COVID-19, which, yeah, kind of probably packing on some of that as well. As an HR leader, what's been the biggest challenge for you and your team during COVID-19? And what do you think, what do you, what have you learned that you think will make you a better leader? Well, let me think about the second one. But the first one really, you know, under Illinois law, CETA is an essential service. So we didn't really stop operating, but we had to operate in a variety of capacities uh, that were were different than what we were used to. So we had to quickly transition like 80% of our workforce to work from home. And then the other 20% still had to work out in the field. And most of those people had little to no concept of what working from home meant or even having the infrastructure to do it properly. So as soon as we got that in place uh, and people a little bit more comfortable, the state started transitioning, opening up. So we had to bring people back to the office uh, half and half a little bit. So I think just the constant change. And and we fell under FFCRA. And gosh, the minute I thought I knew what FFCRA meant, it changed, literally changed like the next day. So I had like three different policies written for uh, the the FMLA portion of that. And I just think people with the constant change has just been so challenging for a lot of folks. And then on top of everything else that's going on in the world, how that made me a better leader, I think focusing on my adaptability. I've always thought I was pretty flexible, but this has really stretched me and challenged me in so many different ways. Uh, so being able to just take a step back, realize, okay, I have this plan in place. It's not going to be in place tomorrow. Just accept it and be ready to change it at the moment's notice. I think that's something that all of us have dis- discovered, you know, how quickly can can HR pivot to what the newest and, and latest and greatest thing is. So I think that's been a testament to, to H- just HR's adaptability. You know, if you can't adapt to it, you're... You're not going to go anywhere. (laughs) 
Yeah, I, I think it was Laura at Eastside Staffing. Uh, I had seen her post something uh, to the degree of uh, HR. If, if you weren't at the table before, you're now owning that table. So uh, something, too, where the finance sector saved a lot of businesses in, in the 2008 area. HR saving a lot of businesses nowadays. So mm-hmm. I think uh, that's something our community can be really proud of. Paul, how long had you been with CETA when COVID really came to the front? Four months. Wow. Okay. <laughs> You've learned where the bathroom is, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. You're still a new leader in the organization. You're still learning the staff, your, your staff, your team, and people you work with. What is that like to then flip that switch? You know, you, you said that the vast majority of people all of a sudden are working from home and they're trying to learn how to do that. They're learning who you are and your style, whatever you, how does all that work? How did you attack that? I think what really saved a lot of that and helped was not that I, we knew COVID was coming, but I was really intentional when I first got there of building relationships with the the program directors who really are uh, running a lot of their shows. You know, I'm, I've made it a point that they don't come to HR to ask for permission. They come to HR to be a partner. So I was really intentional on forming relationships with all of them. So I had that foundation. And then when we made this quick switch over, we instituted for a little while daily call-ins where we just kind of checked in as a leadership group. Then we scaled it back to weekly call-ins. And that really, I think, centered all of us. And I got to hear, okay, what are the director's biggest challenges what can I do on my end to help provide them resources? I, I knew that a lot of work from home, they didn't even have a policy at CETA. Uh, so they didn't even know what that really meant. So I got a, a whole bunch of resources to, to provide to them and saying, this is what work from home means. This is how you keep your, your staff on task, uh, how you can help motivate them, what you some best practices are doing and they really look to that, I think, as, as really, really helpful. So I just built in those small wins along the way and over-communicated as much as I could and, and just try to be as transparent as possible as well. You mentioned everything going on in the world. You know, in the wake of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, the, this whole groundswell within the Black Lives Movement, you've been very, very vocal and, you know, Paul, I've told you before, I really appreciate your writing. I think it's incredibly thoughtful and insightful. And you take time to think things through. And I really appreciate and respect that about about how you do it. You've been very vocal and you've said some really tremendous things. What's been the response to that? And, and how do you believe that we as HR leaders, particularly white HR leaders, how do we help con- sustain the conversation for the long term? You know, overall, the, the response has been positive. Um mostly positive. Uh, there's a lot of people reaching out, some I know, some I don't, saying in part, this is what needs to happen. White leaders, white people, anybody with a voice needs to show up, step up, speak up. And I've been trying to take that step, simply take that step of not just being not racist, but being anti-racist. And you know, I, I've got the attention of the CEO, who is a black man. Uh, just today, I had the honor of joining him on a, on his monthly agency-wide virtual town hall. He wanted me to speak on, on how HR is dedicated to diversity and inclusion in the, our, our, our organization. 
and, and speak to initiatives and ideas. And I was really, really blown away and humbled because uh, that's his stage. That's his time. And he wanted to give me some of that to, to discuss how HR is suited to tackle this issue. You know, that was pretty surreal. And some of it hasn't been positive, you know. Uh, I've lost touch with some of my friends a little bit. My family is a little bit weirded out by what I'm doing. I, I would be lying and if I was trying to be too cavalier by saying it doesn't hurt. Well, it hurts a little, yeah. But at the end of the day, I say, you know, the black community has been hurting for 400 years. I'm just one guy trying to give up a little something so others can gain something. And even to that, honestly, I'm not even sure that I'm giving up anything. If anything, I'm gaining a whole bunch of knowledge, understanding, perspective. Uh, and at the end of the day, it's just a moral, just thing to do. You know, I'm obsessed with doing the right thing in all areas of my life. And, and I think we all fail at that from time to time. But I'm trying to make up for a lot of those failures by, by showing up, stepping up, speaking up. And it doesn't seem like it's enough, but, you know, it's a start and you got to start somewhere. As far as, you know, sustainability, I think we just need to keep the pressure on. You don't settle for platitudes and statements. You know, statements are they're OK, but, you know, what are you really going to do about it? You know, it's one thing to say black lives matter, but uh, how are you going to prove it? So I think we need to see tangible policies put in place and advocate for that. Uh, tangible laws need to be put on the books or taken off the books. I think HR and just society needs to be creative and disrupt the entire social fabric, so to speak. And not to sound all revolutionary, but, you know, that, that system has been built over a couple hundred years. One weekend of protesting isn't going to fix anything. Uh, this is just the beginning. So whether that's, you know, community policing or whether that is uh, revoking qualified immunity or changing the education system, uh, changing the way we fund education through property taxes, any of those things, we just need to change one thing at a time and keep building on those changes. And that's how you build momentum brick by brick. So you guys got me talking on, I guess, uh, some of these political things I haven't really talked on in a long time. So when I'm done, I go check my Facebook. I'll be down to 12 friends at this point. Well, again, I, I appreciate the fact, Paul, you're, you are willing and open to say the things you do. But again, you're incredibly thoughtful about it. And I think that, you know, it shows that goes a long way, I, at least with me. And I think with Wendy and, and our listeners, I, you know, many of them know you. I really, again, I, I just wanted to say I appreciate and I know you, you were you put out several blogs very early on that I think we've shared with folks because it really resonated with us. And you've got us as your friends at a minimum. How about that? Hey, man, we got Jim Lee to talk about. That's all I need. That's right. This point. <laughs> <laughs> right. I got I, uh, next to uh, my how to be an anti-racist book I'm reading now. I got some uh, some old Jim Lee X-Men comics from the early 90s. So I just need to switch it up. There you go. You, you do. I mean, you do. You, you have to have that break in there. And I, I don't think anyone would, would fault you for that for sure. So, you know, so, so 2020 has been a lot of, there's been a lot of big things, you know, you obviously you have a new job and then COVID and then everything else that has been, been happening, you know, hopefully we won't go completely down the biblical line and we, we won't see a plague of locusts or all the water turning to blood or, you know, any of those things. Um, but what do you, think, what do you see as the next big thing in HR? Um, what are we going to be facing over the next year or so? 
are you sure that I can't answer certain annihilation by asteroid strike or uh, Skynet becoming self-aware? You know, Skynet um, is real, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the dinosaurs becoming, you know, in, at this point, um, whoever is writing the story of 2020 needs to pick a line, a storyline, and go with it. Is my my thought? You know, they introduced murder hornets a couple months ago, and oh. they went nowhere. So, you know, pick a storyline. <laughs> Yeah, I, th- <laughs> you know, uh, I'm really bad at predicting the future because I try and uh, try to live in the now as much as I can. Uh, but you know, when I was thinking about this, you know, what's what is next for HRI? I really do believe 2020 is a defining year for human resource management, and and I meant what I said earlier when COVID now means that if we took advantage that we have that seat at the table that people have been talking about forever uh, and whatnot, I think we've proven our value. And now it's like, what do we need to do to to maintain that and, and to be real change agents? I think we need to advocate more for the employee. And I know we have to f- strike that balance between the employer and the employee. And, and it's the truth, but without and, and I know without one, you don't have the other sort of this yin and yang sort of a thing. People are hurting and HR needs to be aware of that and advocate for policies to help people uh, through these things. And I think the EAP is a great start in the bare minimum in a lot of ways. So I think trying to be creative in how I think supporting our staff's mental well-being and helping them develop not only as people within our organization, but as professionals uh, in, in our industry. So I think that's really the next step for HR is taking all of these societal challenges and, and helping our people through them. I, you know, I, I like that helping people through that. Um, I think that's where we fall a lot of the times is we just kind of throw this stuff out there, throw the information out there and hope that it sticks rather than that follow-up and helping walk them through even the simplest things. And now we've got some really, really big things that we, <laughs> that are in front of us that are hard. And, you know, when you have to struggle with the easy things, you're going to struggle with the hard things too. No, that, that's very true. And one of my pet peeves is I think uh, uh, relying on the policy too much. It's like, well, it's a policy. I'm like, well, well, well. If the policy is wrong, why are we following it? You know, I I just don't get that uh, with anything. Let's take a look at the policy and how does it help our people? Paul, we're going to end this conversation on a lighter note. I think it is fair to say that at least of the folks that have been on HR Social Hour, you were probably the biggest fan of metal music that I know. <laughs> and used to have the was it Metal Thursdays or Metallica Monday? You know, we you used yeah. to do a couple tags and. I, you listen to a lot of the bands my kids listen to, which I have, again, a lot of respect for because I don't get it. <laughs> you know, we've mentioned all the stuff going on in the world. You got a, a new baby on the way. When things do settle down, you got any tickets to any shows? Like, what are you looking to go and who, who are you going to go see? Man, I'm bummed because all the shows I wanted to go see are all postponed. And, uh, you know, I was actually supposed to go see Rammstein at uh, Soldier Field in September. And, uh, you know, if if anybody or you guys aren't familiar with them, just just YouTube Rammstein, and you'll get a great kick out of the fire, the theatrics, and the German, the Germanness. But 
Uh, yeah, I'm bummed because that's postponed. I was going to go see Megadeth and Lamb of God. That nothing there. And I know John, your son, would appreciate. It. I was actually supposed to go see Kill Switch Engage and August Burns Red, but yeah, you know, I'm just settling for YouTubing old concert footage in my basement at this point. <laughs> well, let me ask you this then. Again, you got a, a, a new little one on the way. What do you introduce a toddler to from a metal perspective? Metallica lullabies. Uh, <laughs> it's a little CD. Uh, one of my old employees gave it to me for my first son. Uh, and it's uh, it was Metallica lullabies. It, it, and it helped put him to sleep. So uh, I always really liked that one. And it's fair to say Metallica is the only metal band with their own children's book, right? Yeah, I got that actually for him uh, for this last Christmas, or I should say, yeah. Santa got it for him for Christmas, and <laughs> we've uh, we've read it several times, or well, at least I've read it several times. Well, you got to read it enough that he starts reciting it, so it's like he's <laughs> read it. That's what I used to do with Curious George with my kids, and you think they they do the voices and everything. Oh. You read it so much, mm-hmm. you like read it every night, and then he'll start. He'll it's like he's reading it. Yeah. That's a lot. I, I have to. I have to look at it. I've seen. I saw it at Target. I think, and I thought of you when I saw it. Oh, and never, never took a look at it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I didn't know it was at Target. I just uh, like I pre-ordered it. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Uh, well, Paul, it is now time for a very abbreviated version of everyone's favorite part of our show, which is the question connection. Just gotta know what's been the best thing to happen to you since you took part in the HR social hour? Really connections and friendship. Uh, you know, the HR community I think is so special. Uh, when I try to explain it to other people in other industries, they don't really get it. They're like, you actually talk to other people in your profession. So, you know, the HR community hashtag, it's more than that to me. Uh, it's friendship of folks who genuinely care about one another. So being a part of that keeps me going through all these times and inspires me, gives me strength. That's awesome. Paul, exciting times in the Lalone household. I know we're glad you're well, we're glad that the new job is going well and that you're what you're doing for the community, not only for the community in Chicagoland, but also for the HR community. I know most of our listeners probably know you and are, are connected already, but if they're not, what's the best way for them to reach you out there? big on LinkedIn, just uh, my name, Paul Lalone, and then uh, on Twitter, at HRPaul49. Those are the two best places. Oh, and my blog, uh, HR Philosopher. (laughs) HR Philosopher on WordPress. How can I forget it? Again, we we really do appreciate it, Paul, and we will talk to you again soon. Thanks, John and Wendy. You guys are awesome. Thanks, Paul. Hello, HR Social Hour community. This is Mike Sipple, the host of the Talent Magnet Institute. It is a pleasure to sponsor this month for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. John and Wendy, you two rock. For each one of you in this community, we have uh, a offering for a virtual onboarding toolkit that we want to uh, provide to this community as we know all of us are doing what we can to provide the best employee experiences, the best onboarding experiences, even during difficult and trying times. So if you go to MikeSippleJr.com, MikeSippleJr.com, if you're walking right now or running right now or driving right now, uh, we want to make it memorable. So just go to MySocialTag.com. 
and download the virtual onboarding toolkit for you and your team, feel free to uh, give us some feedback as well. If there's things that you'd like to see us add or uh, make an addendum, we want to uh, be very responsive to this community. Also, um, just want to encourage all of you uh, to join our Talent Magnet Institute podcast community on Facebook, a great place for us to convene and start conversations. Um, I want to, again, thank John and Wendy for all of your leadership, the discussions that you're having, the people that you're highlighting, and all of your guests as a fellow guest um, – Thank you for making the world a better place. Thank you for changing the way that we think about work and designing a future work world that's worth living for all. So I just uh, thank you all, and I look forward to getting back to this episode. Well, we are so, so excited to welcome guest number two back to the show. Kelly, we're so happy to see you back online and have you here to chat and catch up. So, so excited. But we do start the same way we always do. What's in your glass tonight? <laughs> it's seltzer tonight, Wendy. It's pretty lame. <laughs> I still have to work. It's 6 p.m. out west. So I have to go back to work. So no drinking for me tonight. <laughs> uh, you can get one later then. What are you going to yeah. have later? What are you going to have later? Do you know yet? Red wine. You know my of favorite. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Kelly, we were talking a little bit before we hit record. It is incredibly hard to believe you were guest number two back in February of 2018, which seems sometimes it seems like yesterday and sometimes it seems like a decade ago. What are you up to <laughs> these days? Well, I can hard I can hardly believe it's been that long, John, just like you. So these days I'm actually internal with a wonderful company. Um, I am not going to share details about them because I don't have permission to talk about them. But I have to say their mission and my team are amazing. And I'm enjoying being in internal HR more than I ever have before. So it's been a lot of fun. I, as those of you who are with me online now, after I've returned, know that I'm now a widow. Um, and so that's a really big change for me. So that's a big part of my life. With COVID, I have my two adult kids living with me, which is kind of like having roommates <laughs> <laughs> that you pay for everything for. <laughs> but, but, um, but I'm actually I'm actually really enjoying having them around. So um, still here in Boulder, Colorado, doing my thing. So your internal HR. So are, are you you're actually doing HR, not employment law for them? That's right. I am doing internal HR and it's pretty much, um, there's a lot of strategic activity going on in, in my, um, in my company right now. Uh, there's also a lot of generalist work and getting back, uh, in touch with my HR heart and helping real human people every day is really rewarding. So I love the job because I can do that, that kind of complex thinking and consulting with my internal clients, but I also get to just be with the people and help them, um, which is something that's core to our our role and and our responsibility as HR professionals. As Steve always remind us reminds us, <laughs> that's awesome. Lo love that you're there with people because I know that's you. That's you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Love it. Well, you were, you know, you were very active in the HR online community, and then you took a bit of a break to care for for Dave, who then passed away, and we're so sorry. 
followed followed your journey as we could with that. But you know, tell us about Dave and and that part of the journey. Yeah, so it's really strange when we talk about us having recorded episode two in February of 2018. It was the first week of March in 2018 that we found out he had cancer. And so uh, he had esophageal cancer and went through treatment. We were at the Mayo Clinic in Phoenix that summer, and we were really hopeful that he would be able to beat it. He was only um, 60 years old when he was diagnosed and in great health otherwise. Um, But uh, it came back. We discovered that in March of 2019 and um, went through the process of trying to further treat it through 2019. And then he, we lost him in October. So um, it was the, the kind of experience I never imagined um, having. We were married 25 years. So I considered it a really an honor to be with him and care for him and be his partner through the entire Um, experience. Um, But I have to say, I probably am not the same person that I was before. So you're probably, you know, a lot of me is still here, but, um, but the person you talked to in February of 2018 is probably a different one than you're talking to now. So Kelly, how do you think your perspective has changed, particularly as you go back into a, a corporate HR job where you're working with people and dealing with people kind of things now, how has it changed for you? That's actually such a good question, John. Um, Thinking about my approach, I would say my approach has changed a little bit in that I still have a really, I have a really good understanding of the challenges from the business side and the things that we need to be aware of so that we can be good good strategic consultants and partners to the business, but um, I'm much more likely to advocate for what I, what I feel inside is the right thing. And I feel like I have more of a voice more quickly than maybe I had before. I'm ready to be out there a little bit more in front of things. And luckily, uh, the environment where I'm working now is very much a human workplace and people are respected and valued. And um, I have a really amazing leader who supports that. And at the very top of the organization, they, have a va- they value and understand what HR brings to the business. And so I think, you know, being in the right place at this time is really important to me for my, my ability to enjoy my work right now and be fulfilled by it. Speaking of work, what are you seeing as the biggest issue? And and I don't want to, I mean, we can certainly talk COVID, but Mm -hmm. even beyond that, like, what are you seeing or what do you think you're, we are going to see? I I don't know how much, if your business shut down when things were going on or kind of, I guess maybe Mm -hmm. let's talk through that process and what are you seeing as the issue now? My business was an essential business and I've been on site since the beginning. Um, So I have not been working remotely. Some people have. Um, I'd say outside of that piece of it, I I think just um, helping people feel valued in their work. I think that we're increasingly in a place where we're really squeezed 
Um, businesses feel squeezed as far as costs. You know, the environment has changed. And there's this inclination to treat people like machines and to feel, especially as the, as the market for talent changes with what we're going through now, that some, I think, unwise businesses may choose to exploit that situation. And I think in the long run, the organizations that are going to be most successful are those who that find a way to truly value what their people bring. And they're the ones that will grow, that will, uh, that will thrive. And I think that Right now, we're in a place where a lot of us aren't sure of what's coming next, but you will never go wrong treating your people right and valuing them for who they are. This is what I've missed, Kelly. Preach. Preach. <laughs> I mean, it's so true. We, we've talked about it a lot. It really is, you know, who you are as an organization and how you treat people in this time, the, the downstream effect, to your point, if you treat them well, they're going to remember. If you don't, they're going to remember even longer. And oh yeah, that, you know that's and, and taking advantage of people in this is even that's just despicable. <laughs> yeah, know, <but>. heinous. <laughs> yeah, some are doing it. I know, I know. Looking for ways. Oh, they're cheating the system. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Let's just take care of these human beings right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, in in addition to you know, like John said, we've missed your your voice out there, but you're back. You're on social media. You're active. Mm-hmm. We love that. Love that you're back. <laughs> and you're still sharing and being outspoken. So with everything that's going on, how are you finding the ways to encourage others to speak up? Because I, I see you doing that um, as well. Yeah, I think um, the way we do that, and I know the way that you do it too, both of you, is to recognize people. Um, for their unique voice and and to empathize with what they're going through and give them that extra push like, yeah, I'm with you. I understand you. I, I want to elevate you. I want to laugh with you. You know, I want to recognize the things that you're going through and what you're dealing with. And and it sucks sometimes, but it sucks less when we're together. I, I also am, you know, I want to encourage people to really share their own thoughts because I, people inspire me, but they also like provoke my, you know, thoughts in new directions every day. I think our network is just so rich with unique voices and funny, talented you know, artistically beautiful people. And so um, just being a part of that and contributing when I can things that I think are interesting, it's really fun. And and I hope it encourages other people to speak up to. Oh, I think it does. I mean, you've been doing that since I met you on Twitter, how many ever years ago? (laughs) Yeah, we're the original, uh, like, like Twitter friends to real life. (laughs) I know. I love it. And, you know, it it is, it's one of those things that I do love that, you know, we are able to make those real connections through, through social media and, um, and and be real, honest, true friends. Our our invisible friends are, are real friends now, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Which, no, and it's good to get, I, I love that you're helping other people speak out and encouraging them too, because it's one thing to, 
you know, to just like retweet or share something verbatim that somebody shares, but it's also another to put why you like what they said. Mm -hmm. Then it's a conversation, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's more, more of a connection that way. So I, I like it. I'm glad to be back. Kelly, we do have a mini, mini question connection, like we always do. Um, and really, it's because it's all about John and me. You know, um, we got to brag about us. No, kidding. <laughs> um, but we want to know what has been one of the best things to happen to you um, since taking part in the HR Social Hour. And we know that the last two years have been a very much a roller coaster for you. They have. I, I really sort of went dark pretty quickly after that for a while. But um, but my favorite thing, I think, has to be being so proud to be part of it from the beginning and watching and celebrating and, and seeing the amazing things that you both have done and just knowing how much you add to our community it, it just makes me so proud to have just been a little bitty part of that second episode. And this tonight, it really uh, makes me feel great to be back and, and to be with you again. Thank you for letting me ha- be a part of it. <laughs> well, we're excited to have you be a part of it because I, I keep saying it, but I just mean it so much. I'm just so happy to see you back out in the world, you know, being able to run into you on Twitter now, you know, like <laughs> running into somebody at the grocery store. Um, yeah. I love, I love that we're, that you're back. It just makes me happy. <laughs> me too. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Thank you. Kelly, I have to say you gave us the greatest compliment when we started this and you probably don't remember, we got done recording your show and you said, wow, I can't believe that was Yes. professional like you didn't take breaks and you were blown away at how put together we were very appreciated because we did yeah. work really hard early yes. on to get there so it didn't seem like the cats and jammer kids <laughs> look it up kids if you don't know that but in all seriousness it was a tremendous compliment at the time and i appreciate you wanting to come back and talk to us again because yeah it's hard to believe it's been 120 episodes oh i think or whatever it is since then i know many of our listeners Many of them heard you back then or have listened to episode two because we talked about the fact people <laughs> yeah. shows from then. But those that aren't connected with you or haven't been that want to get connected now, what's the best way for them to reach you out there? Find me on LinkedIn, Kelly Marinelli. Um, I'm happy to connect. I, I really love to talk to folks who are in HR and starting out with a people kind of focus to your career. And I'm actually on Twitter with a different handle this time. It's Cancer Widow because that's what I am. So find me there. Happy to connect with all of you. And so happy to see you both, Wendy and John. It's great to be with you. We will have it in the show notes, and and it's it, yes, we're we're glad to see you too. It's not going to be not going to be the end. So we will we will talk <laughs> again. Sounds great. Very, very Thanks, soon. guys. Wendy, like I said, amazing guests over the, the last two years. I you know I think Paul and Kelly both are just amazing people, thoughtful people, talented people that that I'm so glad that we know. I, I appreciate them sharing their time with us. You know, and they're in two such different places in their lives, but it's so great to hear what they have going on. And it, I just, I love doing I do too. particularly, I, I just, I love doing them. And, you know, we've said, we're going to do one. It'll be the first episode of each quarter. If you like this one or you love this one, just wait till October. 
or show in October will be the the fourth installment yeah. of Where Are They Now? And I, I think it's fair to say we'll keep doing yeah. these. I, I, you know, John, one of the things, selfishly, I like having this one-on-one time or two-on-one time <laughs> to catch up with, with our former guests because we don't do that often enough. And, and if, if COVID has taught us anything, I think it's that need for human connection and being intentional about um, making those connections. So I'm, I am glad that we started doing this before, but I'm also very glad that we're continuing. So very much so. Paul and Kelly have told us how to get a hold of them out there. For the listeners that aren't in contact with you, what's the best way for them to reach you? The best way is on my blog, mydailyjourney.com, daily D as in dog, A-I-L-E-Y. And of course, second and fourth Sunday of each month, you will find me on Twitter as part of our regular Twitter chat. How about you, John? Once again, I want to thank the folks at Talent Magnet yeah, Institute you. for sponsoring this month and this particular episode. Look forward to a lot more great stuff with them over the next many weeks. But for me, johntherman.com for all things John Thurman and for the podcast, hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com. Subscribe. That's all I'm going to ask for anymore. <laughs> Subscribe. Yes. International listeners, Come on. get in contact, please. We have been incredibly excited and appreciative and humbled by the international response, particularly in the last two or three months. I think really during COVID, the international numbers have mm-hmm. gone up so much. And it's really exciting to see. And I, I, we just we would love to connect with some. Of, we have connected with some of you, but for the uh, those that we haven't, reach out. We'd love to to send you a little token of appreciation, but also understand what you've got going on. We thanked Paul. We thank Kelly, Wendy. Thank you for being with me for this journey yet yep. again for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. I'm John, and I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect, give back, and network. network. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon. 